the legend of a gateway by richard jeffreys this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the legend of a gateway by richard jeffreys a great beech tree with a white mark some way up the trunk stood in the mound by a gate which opened into a lane strangers coming down the lane in the dusk often hesitated before they approached this beech the white mark looked like a ghostly figure emerging from the dark hedge and the shadow of the tree the trunk itself was of the same hue at that hour as the bushes so that the whiteness seemed to stand out unsupported so perfect was the illusion that even those who knew the spot well walking or riding past and not thinking about it started as it suddenly came into sight ploughboys used to throw flints at it as if the sound of the stone striking the tree assured them that it was really material some lichen was apparently the cause of this whiteness the great beech indeed was known to be decaying and was dotted with knot-holes high above the gate was rather low so that any one could lean with arms over the top bar at one time a lady used to be very frequently seen just inside the gate generally without a hat for the homestead was close by sometimes a horse saddled and bridled but without his rider was observed to be fastened to the gate and country people being singularly curious and inquisitive if they chanced to go by always peered through every opening in the hedge till they had discerned where the pair were walking among the cowslips more often a spaniel betrayed them especially in the evening for while the courting was proceeding he amused himself digging with his paws at the rabbit holes in the mound the folk returning to their cottages at even smiled and looked meaningly at each other if they heard a peculiarly long and shrill whistle which was known to every one as luke's signal some said that it was heard every evening no matter how far luke had to ride in the day his whistle was sure to be heard towards dusk luke was a timber dealer or merchant a calling that generally leads to substantial profit as wealth is understood in country places he bought up likely timber all over the neighbourhood he had wharves on the canal and yards by the little railway station miles away he often went up to london but if it was ninety miles he was sure to be back in time to whistle if he was not too busy the whistle used to go twice a day for when he started off in the morning no matter where he had to go to that lane was the road to it the lane led everywhere up in the great beach about eleven o'clock on spring mornings there was always a wood pigeon the wood pigeon is a contemplative sort of bird and pauses now and then during the day to consider over his labours in filling his crop he came again about half past four but it was at eleven that his visit to the beach was usually noticed from the window in the lady's own room the beach and the gate could be seen and as that was often luke's time she frequently sat upstairs with the window open listening for the sound of hoofs 
or the well-known whistle she saw the wood-pigeon on so many occasions that at last she grew to watch for the bird and when he went up into the tree put down her work or her book and walked out that way secure in the top of the great beech and conscious that it was spring when guns are laid aside the wood-pigeon took no heed of her there is nothing so pleasant to stroll among as cowslips this mead was full of them so much so that a little way in front the surface seemed yellow they had all short stalks this is always the case where these flowers grow very thickly and the bells were a pale and somewhat lemon colour the great cowslips with deep yellow and marked spots grow by themselves in bunches in corners or on the banks of brooks here a man might have mown acres of cowslips pale but sweet out of their cups the bees hummed as she walked amongst them a closed book in her hand dreaming she generally returned with luke spaniel beside her for whether his master came or not the knowing dog rarely missed his visit aware that there was always something good for him one morning she went dreaming on like this through the cowslips past the old beech and the gate and along by the nut-tree hedge it was very sunny and warm and the birds sang with all their might for there had been a shower at dawn which always set their hearts atune at least eight or nine of them were singing at once thrush and blackbird cuckoo afar off dove and greenfinch nightingale robin and loud wren and larks in the sky but unlike all other music though each had a different voice and the notes crossed and interfered with each other yet they did not jangle but produced the sweetest sounds the more of them that sang together the sweeter the music it is true they all had one thought of love at heart and that perhaps brought about the concord she did not expect to see luke that morning knowing that he had to get some felled trees removed from a field the farmer wishing them taken away before the mowing grass grew too high and as the spot was ten or twelve miles distant he had to start early not being so much on the alert she fell deeper perhaps into reverie which lasted till she reached the other side of the field when the spaniel rushed out of the hedge and leaped up to be noticed quite startling her at the same moment she thought she heard the noise of hoofs in the lane it might be luke and immediately afterwards there came his long shrill and peculiar whistle from the gate under the beech she ran as fast as she could the spaniel barking beside her and was at the gate in two or three minutes but luke was not there nor was he anywhere in the lane she could see up and down it over the low gate he must have gone on up to the homestead not seeing her at the house however she found they had not seen him he had not called a little hurt that he should have galloped on so hastily she set about some household affairs resolved to think no more of him that morning and to give him a frown when he came in the evening but he did not come in the evening it was evident he was detained 
luke's trees were lying in the long grass beside a copse and the object was to get them out of the field across the adjacent railway and to set them down in a lane on the sward whence he could send for them at leisure the farmer was very anxious to get them out of the grass and luke did his best to oblige him when luke arrived at the spot having for once ridden straight there he found that almost all the work was done and only one tree remained this they were getting up on the timber carriage and luke dismounted and assisted while it was on the timber carriage he said as it was the last they could take it along to the wharf the farmer had come down to watch how the work got on and with him was his little boy a child of five or six when the boy saw the great tree fixed he cried to be mounted on it for a ride but as it was so rough they persuaded him to ride on one of the horses instead as they all approached the gate at the level crossing a white gate with the words in long black letters to be kept locked they heard the roar of the morning express and stayed for it to go by so soon as the train had passed the gate was opened and the horses began to drag the carriage across as they strained at the heavy weight the boy found the motion uncomfortable and cried out and luke always kind-hearted went and held him on whether it was the shouting at the team the cracking of the whip the rumbling of the wheels or what was never known but suddenly the farmer who had crossed the rail screamed the goods round the curve by the copse and till then hidden by it swept a goods train scarce thirty yards away luke might have saved himself but the boy he snatched the child from the horse hurled him literally hurled him into the father's arms and in the instant was a shapeless mass the scene is too dreadful for further description this miserable accident happened as the driver of the goods train afterwards stated at exactly eight minutes past eleven o'clock it was precisely at that time that luke's lady dreaming among the cowslips heard the noise of hoofs and his long shrill and peculiar whistle at the gate beneath the beach she was certain of the time for these reasons first she had seen the wood pigeon go up into the beach just before she started out secondly she remembered nodding to an aged labourer who came up to the house every morning at that hour for his ale thirdly it would take a person walking slowly eight or ten minutes to cross that side of the mead and fourthly when she came back to the house to see if luke was there the clock pointed to a quarter past and was known to be a little fast without a doubt she had heard the well-known whistle apparently coming from the gate beneath the beach exactly at the moment poor luke was dashed to pieces twelve miles away End of The Legend of a Gateway